Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. And to our friends around the world, you say, Dave, how come you don't talk about us? Well, yeah, welcome to our international friends. We're all partners in freedom. Thank you very much for joining us. And we're glad everyone is here because um, we have a lot of work to do. Uh, We're going to get a Latin American report today. And what I mean by that, we like to say, so it is below, it will be above. And Latin America really shows us a lot of trends that are coming our way. And many of the things that happen in Latin American countries come to greatly influence us. But we're going to take a look at Acapulco, Lahaina. No, no, I said Acapulco. You're saying Lahaina. There may not be much of a difference. The only thing I see differently, as you're going to find out from our guest, Pastor Sam Arnold, our Latin American expert, that at least the Mexican authorities were trying to do something positive. But isn't it interesting that the mainstream media has a complete blackout on this because they don't want people like me reporting on these events like I did with Lahaina because we exposed the total corruption, oh, the closed exits, the sirens that didn't go off, the water that wasn't used to fight the fire, and removing the evidence of the topsoil to prevent the discovery of directed energy weapons. That's what. And we have all that on tape. So there's no mistaking the fact that this indeed did happen. What happened in Acapulco? A tropical storm was sailing along. And all of a sudden, in a short amount of time, it became a Category 5 hurricane. When has that ever happened before? Well, never. Never. It's never happened before. It's absolute insanity that this happened. Well, we're going to talk about that with Josh. He's going to talk about, excuse me, with Sam. We're going to talk about some of the, oh, faux pas. And then we're going to get into politics in South America. And they're going through a lot of the same stuff we are. There's kind of a religious revival going on. That's good. Uh, There's a rise of populism. That's good. With the same old corruption that plagues us. Everything from voting machines to stuffing ballots is in play in South America. It's going to be an interesting hour. Hey, we're brought to you by Noble Gold, the very best the very best in helping you avoid getting ripped off. The Dodd-Frank Law 2010 says that the banks can take your money because you are an unsecured creditor and you can do nothing about it. And you're saying, wait a minute, it's my money. They're a caretaker. They're not the owner. Well, that's not true. The government determined that they are the owner. You're an unsecured creditor. Well, why should I put my money in the bank? Exactly. And your retirement subject to this too. Noble Gold can help you diversify your bank account. They can get your retirement away from the control of the bank so they don't rip you off as they begin to fail. 70% of regional banks are in big trouble. So what we're saying to you right now is very, very clear. You need to get your money the hell out of the bank except for operating capital. Noble Gold can help you. I want you to go to the web and go to DaveHodgesGold.com. That's DaveHodgesGold.com. And we will help you by sending you a free information packet. And then you'll call the number on there for Noble Gold. And they'll walk you right through everything. No fuss, no muss, no pressure. It's just you're going to have financial independence that you won't have unless you make this move. DaveHodgesGold.com. Now it's time for Sam. Hello, everybody. Dave Hodges here. I'm the host of the Common Sense Show. You know who I am. You know what we do here. We're freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. But if you're one of the people coming to us from around the world, you know, in a country not the United States, welcome. We're all partners in freedom. We all live under the same sky. That means the same God. So we welcome all of you. Some of you said, Dave, you don't mention us. I am now. I can't mention all 192 countries. Uh, and we're probably... 
displaying in, I would say, probably 30, 35 countries right now. So, but I do want you to know you are welcome here. We are partners in all this, even though we're mostly American centered. But today is a little different. <laughs> yeah, today is a little different. Here's what I mean. Whenever we have Pastor Sam Arnold, our guest on, uh, Sam is our Latin American expert. I mean, I'll ask him a question about a country's leadership and he'll just rattle it off. I go, man, I haven't even heard anything like that. So great resource of information. But what we know is so it is below, it will be above. And a lot of the things are going on south of the border that we need to be concerned about. It can affect our foreign relations. It can affect our economy. It can affect a lot of things. Um, And I'll just say this, and of course, we've got to be careful how we express it. I'm in favor of immigrants. We think we should do it legally, but I'm not in favor of bad people coming into the country. And Ted Cruz and John Cornyn had a press conference yesterday, and I commented on it yesterday on YouTube. And I said, hey, they're telling us they've they witnessed the interception of IEDs from people crossing our border. You heard me. Ted Cruz, no, it was John Cornyn that broke that news. Ted Cruz said they ran into suspected child traffickers. Um, and the Border Patrol said there's nothing we can do. And all we can do is seize the uh, whatever weapons that we find, but we're not allowed to arrest. We're not allowed to deport. Very frustrating for the senators and very frustrating for America. Very frustrating for the Border Patrol. They said we need a change in policies and Biden's doing everything he can do to bring as many people into the country as possible. That's that report. So uh, what happens south of our border is very important. And listen to me, I've talked to a lot of immigrants. I'm the son of an immigrant on my dad's side of the family. Okay, so I have a soft spot in my heart, but we can't let millions in and not affect it expect, uh, to affect our hospitals, our services, our uh, economy. We can't expect that not to be a detriment. We we have to have orderly immigration, and I make no apologies for that. And that is, and, and I'm so tired of hearing, oh, you don't like brown people. It's not just people of Hispanic descent that are coming in. I mean, we're getting people of all races from all continents. We have 192 countries that have come in. That's right. That's what the Border Patrol tells us. So anyway, with that in mind, that's my disclaimer. So we go forward. Don't make the censors mad at us, okay, because we are following the rules. But also, too, we're going to be honest. And, Sam, I'm so glad you're here because uh, uh, a lot of people are writing to me. And for some things we can talk about, some things we can't, a lot of people are comparing Acapulco that my wife and I shared a wonderful vacation there, courtesy of her corporation, when we were first married. Uh, I love the town. I love the people. And uh, uh, it's been devastated. And a lot of people are comparing it to Lahaina. Is that a fair comparison? I think it's a fair comparison. I think we're kind of dealing with two sides of the coin that are pretty opposite in a lot of respects. Okay. And I'll lead into why I see it that way. Uh You know, let me just address a few things first. I've been following your work on YouTube about Mexico and uh, everything you've been reporting. And someone asked what an IED is. And if you go to my Twitter, just search Gospel Gunslingers, there is a breakdown of IEDs that were found in uh, outside of Gaza. So in Israel, outside the perimeter, the Mm -hmm. IDF seized all these devices and the, the excellent Fox News reporter, Trey Yingst, just went through and did a live stream as they're going yeah. through this entire room filled with weapons. And so I s- grabbed the, the frame. It was a screenshot of the IEDs. And that tutorial and that picture is on my Twitter. So if someone is not familiar with that, everybody who's gone to the sandbox in the last 30 years knows what an IED is because yeah. these are the main weapons that were deployed against them, and they a lot of them have, have lost limbs and buddies and had close scrapes on account you of bet. them. You bet. I gotta tell and you. they're showing up in Mexico because the cartels are using them. And so all that is pretty close to the top. It's about a week-old tweet. I don't tweet about a bunch of junk, so please do follow me That's on true. the other platforms. And if we're on uh, YouTube, I've done a lot of breakdowns in English and Spanish, so there's a lot of information up there that you can share. And I get a little bit deeper into the Bible on some of those things good uh as far as the wars you know now that there's war out there's a lot of people that are like this is it this is this is the big move of the new world order and 
listen, I'm glad that people are aware of the new world order and, and how serious uh, government growth and globalism is as a threat. But we need to understand that there is a God in heaven. There is a God in heaven. And at this point, we're beginning to see the hand of God in a lot of things. Another thing you can find on my Twitter is the calendar of the tabernacle season. And this is a time that my, I myself and a lot of people around the world, and not that all believe the same, just that have taken a hold of certain parts of the Bible that keep these holy days. And so the whole map is on there. And then, okay, here's the Feast of Trumpets. This is the day of the blowing of the horn. This is the day of atonement. This is the day that the Feast of Tabernacles starts and it goes for seven days. And then there's the eighth and great day of the feast. So this is the final red marked day from sunset to sunset on the calendar. It's on my Twitter. And I was set apart in prayer. I slept outside the whole week. It was miserable. The skeeters were buzzing. It was hot as blazes. And I had my little tent set up and we were set apart to prayer. And on the eighth and great day of the feast, the same day that Jesus stood up and taught and said, I am the I, I am the, the, the water of life. That's the day that the jihadis attack. That's the day. And so now when we see uh, movements that don't necessarily make sense, for example, Anthony Blinken, ready to go to war, Joe yeah. Biden, ready to go to war, send an aircraft carrier. It's very easy to say it's the globalists, and which leads to this belief that the devil's the one that's all powerful, that it's him that calls the shots. We just need to remember that God is alive, that he's active. And I want to break down as far as what's going on in Acapulco, that this could very well be the hand of God to rip out one of the nests of corruption within the nation of Mexico. So that's basically the way that I see it. And one of the problems that the president of Mexico and his preferred candidate from his party, Claudia Scheinbaum, who's, by the way, 18 points ahead of her next rival. The news is very much against these people. Just like every American who's been to a Trump rally and Trump points out at the cameras and he says, that's the fake news. This is the enemy of the people right there. These are the ones that are uh, refuse to show you the truth. And when he says that, they turn their cameras off and he calls them out. He said, oh, the red, right, the red light just went off on the CNN camera. They cut their feed because I'm talking about how they lie about all right, this is what's happening in Acapulco. I sent you a video, Dave, and I don't know if you're able I saw to it. play it. Yeah. I can't play it here, and, and uh, no, but uh, and the sound will not come through, which is another restriction that we're recently been having here. Mm -hmm. We used to be able to do that. Uh, I got a technical person working on it, but no, I, I did watch it. And I got to tell you, when I watched it, <laughs> images of Lahaina came into my mind. Okay, it's on my Twitter, and why that is, and the tweet says something like, the Mexican military is working on this, even though the news refuses to cover it. So all the main news outlets of Mexico understand that President AMLO has to fight him every day. You know, he wants to protect journalists. I'm a journalist under his protection in this country, and yes, I'm very are. thankful for that. But there are a lot of journalists that attack him every day, and, and so he calls them out. So that video that I sent you, and it's on my Twitter, to search Gospel Gunslingers on Twitter, shows the Mexican military. The army is out there. They, they're bringing in uh, aircraft, Mexican Air Force aircraft full of supplies. They've got trucks full of supplies. They're giving out dispensas, you know, little care packages with some, some beans, some rice, some cooking oil, some toilet paper. They're passing those out on the street. They're putting up new telephone poles. They're doing everything that the news media in Mexico and the world says that they're not doing. Now, at the same time, so you can look and see that there is a response to this hurricane. There's even mockery against Andres Manuel driving to Acapulco because he got, he got stuck. He got out of his Suburban in the convoy and got into a four-wheel drive army jeep. And when they went through the derrumbe, the, uh, you know, the landslide, it got stuck, and he had to get out and walk. And I think he got to Agapulco in the back of a pickup truck. And, you know, the news media just makes fun of him that, like he was making a big show. One of his campaign promises was to sell their Air Force One 
the Mexican presidential aircraft. He travels to the provinces commercial. He flew to Washington, D.C. commercial and changed planes in Atlanta like you, me, and everybody else. So since that's a campaign promise, it's really the opposite of him making a big media circus out of going down there and getting stuck. But uh, that's what actually happened. Now, the governor of Acapulco, who's with his party, she's a lady governor with the Morena party. She's only been in for two years. She did get in the military helicopter and survey the damage. Okay. And there's video of all that on Twitter. So there's so a Sam, lot Sam, of let me, let me Let me interrupt you here. What Please. you're telling me is this, is that there may be some similarities overtly on the outside with Lahaina, but you're saying the response is comprehensive, which it certainly was not in Lahaina. Right. Let me point and just compare and contrast one key factor. There are military roadblocks. And, you know, I, I have a clergy card. I can stop at a military roadblock and say, I am Pastor C- We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at thecommonsenseshow.tv, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at thecommonsenseshow.tv. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time sam we are bringing these supplies to the widows and orphans and it's no problemo at the same time and, and the army may say there is some danger in this zone where uh shipments are being hijacked the whole reason why the hand of god judged this area is because the crime was so entrenched You see all those beautiful hotels? Most all of that was built by corrupt alliances between the drug dealers and the corrupt former government, the mayors and the governors. If the mayor and the governor sign off on something, you can almost do anything in Mexico. You can build a huge factory and employ thousands of people if the mayor and the governor sign off on it. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's... It's been so important for the organized crime to okay. control those offices. So even though we're two years into the, uh, let me make sure that I close this issue of the roadblocks. In Lahaina, the roadblocks were, people say that they were fleeing danger, and the police said, you can't come out this way. 
and that some of those people died. The roadblocks in Lahaina are blocking people from going to their own property, blocking supplies coming in or uh, legitimate relief organizations. They were not just blocking, Sam. They were destroying supplies coming in. To Lahaina. To Lahaina, yes. Okay. Something that happens in every war zone, and uh, let me see if I can think of, uh, Selco reported this, that he was in the war zone, you know, over in uh, Bosnia, that, those areas. I apologize if I don't get the country right. But he was in the war zone, and the, the airdrops would come in. So this is, you know, Red Cross. This is uh, whoever. It's humanitarian aid. It's food and bandages and stuff like that, blankets. Well, what happens immediately when that lands is that it gets seized by the warlords. The same thing is happening in Gaza, that the the humanitarian aid comes in, and even if there's not a bullet in the shipment, Hamas grabs it, and then they want to be the ones to give it all out or to sell it, to sell it, to sell it, because most all of those things are sold or traded. And so part of what the military has to do to restore any law and order mm-hmm. is to make sure that that's not happening, that there's not price gouging, that there's not uh, cartel interests taking over shipments the moment that they come in. And then all of that humanitarian aid goes straight to the black market. Somebody's getting rich off of it and the people are still oppressed. So yes, there is military control of the zone. And part of the reason why this had to happen is because the cartel is very strong in Guerrero state in Acapulco. It didn't used to be like that. It used to be that they, I got the map right here. It used to be, I don't know if you can see this, but this is Guerrero State right here. I see it. Right here is Acapulco. So over here in Jalisco, the cartel was very strong way back in these mountains, in Michoacan, in this area. And it's also been very strong in the north and in the mountain ranges here and here. But now it's very strong in Guerrero because Guerrero is also very mountainous. It's got a lot of Sam, let me ask you. Uh, yeah. Is this the CJNG cartel? That car- CJNG is Cartel Jalisco. This state with the fingers sticking up is Jalisco State. Okay. Okay. And it's very mountainous, and that's where they're at. And then El Chapo is up here in Sinaloa. Sinaloa, right. Okay, I get it. So, I get it. You know, in this country, in- let, let me say this is a point of reference. In this country, the Sinaloas mostly handle their trafficking, like fentanyl and cocaine and so forth. They do that in the cities. CJNG is mostly focusing on the rural areas in America. And I've got that directly from DHS and from FBI, DEA too. In Mexico, they they have both their capital cities where they control the government. And they have their mountain strongholds where the drug dealers actually live. So Culiacan is the capital of Sinaloa. And that's where the Chapos gangs are, the Chapitos. And then here... Yeah, this is the great city of Guadalajara. It's got like 6 million people. It's modern. It's beautiful. A lot of Americans live there. But that state government has been controlled for a long time by the old government and the drug dealers. And guess what's right here? Uh, Puerto Vallarta. It's right there. So they like to control the resort areas. Now, also over here, I don't know if you can see this all the way over in Quintana Roo. In Quintana Roo, where uh, yeah, but our, but our, list, our listeners can't our, our listeners can't see it. Okay, and it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to see this too without pulling it up as an image. Can you just give us a verbal description? Over there on the Caribbean coast, there's a lot of drug cartel control, right. and so they've tried to move into these tourist areas and even finance hotels. So, just the drug dealers is one thing, but understand that. When a, a high-rise hotel is going to be built, they got to have the signature of the mayor and the governor, and then they build it, and then there's this massive amount of infrastructure. All of those are destroyed. Every yeah. window on the Bay Coast is smashed. Some say the winds were 200 miles an hour. And so how is the president going to come in and clean out that infrastructure that was built on corruption? This is the only way for the hand of God to come in and rip it out. There are poor people in Acapulco that are really suffering right now. But in the end, when they come out of it, there's going to be greatly decreased cartel 
governance. It's really like the cartel is the government and the government is the cartel right. in a place like that. And these dark corners of Mexico is what President AMLO and his party are trying desperately to change. The same thing's happening in Tijuana. In Tijuana, now the mayor's offices and the governor's offices are controlled by AMLO. They're the new government. And so they're just shutting down criminal enterprises, shutting down unauthorized doctors that are doing tummy tucks and stuff and don't have proper licensing, don't have proper health protocols. They just shut down 40 restaurants in uh, in Tijuana in, in one campaign. Well, everybody talks about going to Tijuana and getting sick. So the people that don't have the proper documentation and sanitation, they're getting shut down. So this is the renewal of a country. And this is, I really wanted to go this direction because next week on the 10th and 11th is a huge gospel preaching campaign. And of all places, are you ready, Dave? Nicaragua. It's got the approval of the communist government. No kidding. For, for real people of God. And I've been talking about this on my radio show, and I've been inviting the tyrannical despots. Hey, open up your Central Park, like Papa Doc Duvalier did for my friend and mentor, Clayton Sonmore, invited him to come in and preach the gospel when his corrupt government was about to collapse. And the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship came in and preached that. William Branham was the headlining speaker. They preached the gospel to the whole nation in their central plaza with military protection, and it staved off the judgment of God for 50 years, Dave. They did that in the first week of February 1960. 50 years later, almost to the day, was the earthquake in 2010 that devastated Port-au-Prince, Haiti, collapsed the cathedral in the capital city and killed the archbishop. So I've been putting out on my radio show that goes to all these countries, hey, uh, why don't you guys invite us to come preach? Hey, Jimmy Barbecue Chevazier, before the invasion of Haiti, why don't you come and invite us to preach again? Let's do it. Well, lo and behold, it happened in one, in, in one of the darkest places. And so... This guy that was personally discipled by David Hogan, his name's Britt Hancock, he's going to preach in Managua in the central plaza that holds 300,000 people seven days from this recording on the 10th of really? November and 11th of I, I, let, me, let me ask you, Nicaragua, communist, anti-God, why is it that they're approving this? Why did Papa Doc Duvalier do it? We have to believe that it's the hand of God. Papa Doc Duvalier, now this is historic, and because I was taught personally by the man that actually was there, Papa Doc Duvalier was losing control of his dictatorship. He had fought the Catholic Church, so they were fighting against him, a very powerful international organization with Alberto Rivera said, an espionage apparatus second to none in the world. They were fighting him. He oppressed his people, so the people were fighting him. And then he was fighting with the USA, so the USA was fighting him. The Armada was, the U.S. fleet was just over the horizon. And when Brother Clayton Sonmore flew in in 1960 to meet Papa Doc Duvalier, or 61, he flew right over the U.S. fleet that was ready to open up with all the heavy guns and invade Haiti. And so it was because he was on the verge of invasion and losing his grip on power. But we need to not forget that the, the hand of God, the proverb says that the heart of a king is like rivers of water and the Lord directs it wherever he chooses. And so it's impossible, Dave, but we've been preaching about it. We've been talking about it. I've been asking these people to invite us. And lo and behold, in the darkest place in Central America, it's happened. This is how El Salvador turned around. They elected a Christian president. He dedicated the nation to God. He invited Dante Gabel, the most famous uh, Pentecostal-type evangelist in all of Latin America, to come and give the, the prayer and, and, and speak at his inauguration. Dante Gabel got up, quoted Second Chronicles 7.14, said, Let's turn this nation back to God. Led the people in a prayer for repentance. We as El Salvadorians have turned away from God. We've sinned grievously. And today we commit El Salvador to the Lord God Almighty, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it, the whole nation turned around in one four-year presidency. And now it's happening again. 
An amazing story, Sam. There's only six or seven million people in Nicaragua, and then a few million more out dispersed in the world. So in that central plaza that holds 300,000 people, they can literally preach to a tenth of the population of the entire nation in two nights. And they've already been out and done other campaigns and preached in, in uh, you know, 100,000 people at a time sometimes in Nicaragua. They've been all around the nation. And now is the big event. So let's pray for it. And in this dark hour, let's believe that people are calling on, going to call on the name of the Lord. I'm getting reports of little sparks of revival here and there in the USA. I'm also getting reports of huge ministries falling. And I've had to come on because I've been to all these places and I know all the people. I've investigated it and been very quiet for a lot of years. But I just did a video last night about Mike Bickle and multiple women uh, accusing him of having adulterous sexual relations with them over years, a process that goes, they said, goes back decades. And so this is IHOP KC probably falling to pieces right now. Well, explain who this guy is again, why his scandal is important. Mike Bickle and uh, the International House of Prayer in Kansas City is probably the biggest and and most uh, visible most populous and and has the most support followers of all of the new apostolic reformation movement in the usa and so they've kind of controlled it and there are some noble beliefs that these people believe in somebody came in and commented uh, to my comment is not in the bible well they teach some things about how the lord's people are supposed to come up higher and be the head and not the tail and the fact is that's all through the Bible, but especially in the last days, especially in the last days. And so they believe in casting out demons. They believe in healing the sick. Those are doctrines that they teach, and all that is noble. But at the same time, there's religious machinery that I believe and have documented comes from Romanism that's infected these movements. And so right now there's a cleansing going on. The same thing that is happening in Acapulco. It took the hand of God to come in and rip out. I compared it on my radio show, the corruption, like the tangled roots in a mangrove swamp. It's all locked together, and there's no other way but to rip it all out with with barbaric force. And so that's what, that is what I see that God did in Acapulco, that now it can be rebuilt without all of those corrupt alliances. There's a point where it can't be those things cannot be, uh, you can't build on top of it. You have to rip it all out first, bulldoze it flat, and then you can rebuild. Wow, that's amazing. That is truly amazing. So you think that this guy is being outed for his sexual promiscuity because this is the hand of God cleansing the people who should be doing his work but could be taking away from it? Yes, and... There was a major scandal there 11 years ago where a woman was found dead. And I've posted an hour video for anybody who's interested in all that, in the history of IHOP, how it came to be, who really founded the movement, how clean it was in the beginning, the things that had crept in and who brought them in and how. It's all- the Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for my pillow. For example, they've got half off my pillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to mypillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. Mypillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. All on uh, my own channel, you can just search Gospel Gunslingers on YouTube. And a, a lot of things, listen, if, if, if someone doesn't follow me on all platforms, they're not going to, oh, there's a lot of things they'll miss because I'm just a one-man operation. But yes, it's the hand of God cleaning out the nest of control and the nest, uh, the seediness, the tangled snakes underneath so that now we can have a clean, fresh start. Okay. You know, Dave, I love to fellowship with other believers. 
And I think that I'm pretty tolerant of normal human imperfection. But when there's devil worship, when there's Roman infiltration, as Ronald Reagan said, when a, a, a uh, domestic movement is shown to be the agent of a hostile foreign power, that's something entirely different. So I've been a lot of places just looking for friends, looking for hope, looking for the people that are serious about following God. And, and sadly, I've uncovered conspiracy after conspiracy. And so now is the time to come out and report on some of that. But really, the people that were adherents that moved to the city of Kansas City and, and Grandview and uh, these independents in these areas just to be part of the hop, a lot of them needed to get on with their life. They were really held captive. And they should have made their break 11 years ago when this woman was found dead. Uh, someone admitted to having murdered her. And then it goes on from there. Uh, it's a little bit in depth, but people should have found freedom then, Dave. They should have found freedom then. I understand. I completely understand what you're saying, Sam. Um, but it's, is there a religious revival going on in Latin America? Someone asked me that about six years ago. <clears throat> they were excited. They said, I heard there's a tremendous revival in Latin. And I said, it's not true. It's not true. There is a political movement where people are rediscovering the ideals of self-government and self-defense. And I hope that on the heels of that, the, the revival will morph into a religious phase where people are focused on the word of God, where the miraculous breaks through more and more. And in finality, as, as, the, as the political movement has sundown and nation after nation has flatly gone communist, now we are seeing, and I mean, this is the first spark. This is the first big spark. I was shocked when I heard about it, when it crossed my desk, and I started looking for all the people involved. And you know, a lot of them are unknown because they've worked in the jungle. This guy, Britt Hancock, was discipled by David Hogan in the mountains of Mexico. I'll show you where he worked. Right in here. <laughs> right in these mountains of Mexico where he rides his mule around. He doesn't even hardly come back to the USA. See, David Hogan used to go and preach at big places. Like, I don't know that he preached at IHOP, but places like that. <laughs> I saw him in River Church in Tulsa. You know what David Hogan said? He, he, he put his hands on his hips and he said, there's an enormous global, worldwide, socio-religious, political monstrosity out there. And then he looked at the people and he said, and I'm not going to talk about that too much because y'all are a part of it. And I was standing in the crowd when he said it. I, I almost jumped out of my skin. I, what I did what I did was I quick looked around to see if anybody else heard him. And everybody was just, you know, just like uh, <laughs> hundreds of eyeballs of sheep or mice out there, you know, just a, just a big crowd of vacancy, hollow skulls. And I thought, how sad. The man came in and told them what the reality is and that they're a part of it and they just flatly missed it. So he doesn't hardly even come to the U.S. anymore. But David Hogan discipled this guy when he was a young man and his wife. And they went through all those mountains. And today they, <clears throat> and over the years, have trained missionaries. And they don't take them out to some big city on a field trip. You know, they take them out to jungle villages. Okay. But I got to come back and. It sounds like there's an increase in revivalism. Is it small or big? This is the answer to what I've been prophesying forth on my radio show. This is the first time that one of these small nations and a and a despotic nation, one of part of the troika of tyranny that John Bolton and others have accused 
I don't like him either, but I want you to know where that term comes from, has offered their Central Park to an evangelistic campaign. These nations are jealous about their Central Park. In Mexico, it's the Zocalo. This is the capital of New Spain. And, and I was furious when they started allowing these Day of the Dead festivals, processions to go through there because religious processions are, are barred by the Mexican Constitution because the, the revolutionaries understood that this was a mechanism for Roman control of politically of the nation. When, so you say Ro- when you say Roman control, are you talking about the Jesuits? I'm talking about the Catholic Church, the Pope, the Jesuits, all of their underground tentacles and all their overt tentacles. They like to have power in a nation where they're above the law. I wanted to talk about uh, Prima Nocta, if I forget. They want to have overt control. They want all of their people to have di- diplomatic immunity, to be above reproach. They want the nation to pay for the public education that is done by the Roman church. And in Colombia, all that happens today by Concordat, by a powerful treaty with the Holy See. So, yes, remember that it was the Pope that conquered all these nations. We look at Spain, we look at Portugal, Portugal, we look at uh, Queen Isabel, Isabella the Catholica, Isabel the Catholic. We look at Ferdinand and Isabella. But really, behind all of them was the Pope. And that's why it was such a horrible struggle for these nations to fight for their independence. And it took about 100 years for it to happen. From 1806, when the first, in Argentina, the first uh, independence movement began, began in Mexico in 1810, and until the Spanish-American War in 1909, Spain was not really ejected out of the Americas and really stripped of her empire, which was a Catholic empire. So, yeah, they want their above tentacles and their underground tentacles to control every aspect. In Mexico, they work very strongly through the cartels and through the the news media. So, yeah, they want control. Okay. Does it go into the label of Jesuits? How would you give me a short label to describe the power structure? It's it's very complicated, and there are a lot of masquerades. For example, presidential candidate Eduardo Verastegui is a big part of it. He has become, later in life, although he had a very wild youth involved, involving homosexual trysts it's understood that there are gay sex tapes of him floating around the dark web when he was you know a, a star of the soap operas and a, a boy teen boy band singing star etc now he portrays himself as a devout catholic who wants abortion to be outlawed etc and who wants to fight against sex trafficking now, there's a lot of people traffic, and I'm very much against that. But the last thing we need is another George Bush-type war on drugs under the guise of anti-trafficking. <laughs> and that is about to happen, which is why there's such a media blackout over Acapulco, because Claudia Scheinbaum is 18 points ahead. I think she had 46% in the last poll. And the next runner-up had 26%. 20, 20, something like that. She's 18 points ahead, 28 to 46. That's what it was. And so that is an, that's almost how far Trump is ahead of other Republican candidates and how far he's ahead of Joe Biden. The powers that be have to do something about this. Yeah. You want to hear something really funny. Now, you and I had talked about the governor of Nuevo León, Samuel Garcia, who works for the Orange Party. It's called Citizens Movement, Movimiento Ciudadano, the Orange Movement. And this is another huge industrial city that was built on uh, corruption. The governor signs off, the mayor signs off, they can build whatever they want. They got a water shortage because they brew so much beer in Monterey and send it to the USA. 
here's something interesting. You know, we talk about Bud Light doing the tranny ads and then them losing billions in market share and Modelo taking over, a Mexican brand taking over as the number one beer in America. You know who owns Modelo? No. InBev. InBev, the same multinational conglomerate that owns Bud Light. The whole thing's a wash. Oh, they lost some market share out of one arm and they got it through the other arm. It's the same guys. It's InBev. It's InBev. And they're who's brewing the beer, using up literally all the water in the city of Monterey. That's another place that needs cleaned out. The last governor of that state, which is called Nuevo Leon, it's a border state, borders Texas. The last governor was called El Bronco, and he ran for president. And when Andres Manuel won, and when his power was in tri- was was solid about three years later, he arrested El Bronco for campaign fraud and had him thrown in his own prison. Sounds like Donald Trump. I, w- I wish Trump would have disbanded the FBI and arrested his corrupt uh, competitors to the presidency. I, I agree. Andres, I agree. Andres Manuel did it. On the night of the election, when they knew there was fraud at 1 a.m. and everything started to flip unnaturally, Trump should have sent in the National Guard and seized everything for examination. Trump should have, Bolsonaro should have, Mauricio Macri in Argentina should have. It doesn't matter what kind of a crime happens when they're actually in power. They're supposed to use the police apparatus to go after that. So you asked about Argentina. The yeah. same thing is happening. There's the, there are these candidates in Mexico that I don't trust, that I see as being lined up like shark teeth. So... Xochitl Galvez is the number two with uh, 28% of the pub of the public support. And she isn't on top of a powerful alliance of old parties that used to be bitter enemies. They used to be, okay, the pre is the right and the pan is the left. Well, now they, they all united together to try to stop President Andres Manuel. Okay, so they put Xochitl Galvez in. She's got the second, a distant second place, you know, half a lap around the racetrack behind Claudia Scheinbaum is her, Xochitl Galvez. And then after her is Samuel Garcia with 8% in the latest poll. And then behind that is Eduardo Verastegui. I wondered whether the, the Orange Party would support Verastegui. And still that could happen. Still there could be some kinds of comeupsmanship. But if you look at all three of those candidates, and I'll tell you, those three are the leading ones, they're all corrupt. I don't trust any of them. And, and out of the three, it doesn't matter which one got in the, got in the presidential palace, they're going to do the same thing. Are they, you're saying every, every candidate is corrupt? Other than Claudia Scheinbaum. Other than the leading candidate that the people of Mexico want and like. There's three more lined up behind her, and we'll see. The debates are going to start happening before long. In Argentina, the one candidate that was proven that was part of the conservative party that was basically the uh, attorney general under Mauricio Macri ran the, you know, the Justice Department, which indicted Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner, the corrupt ex-president. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about her for a minute. Well, Argentina, right? And she was once the president, and then she came back as the vice president and got in trouble. Is that right? Good friend of Hillary Clinton and bombed the Jews. Yeah. She allowed Hezbollah in and had Iranian connections when two very deadly bombings, two of the worst synagogue bombings in the world history, happened in Argentina, and she's implicated. Christina Fernandez de Kirchner. And she's a good friend of Hillary Clinton, Michelle Bachelet. <laughs> yeah, surprise, surprise. Um, do you share the view that Hillary Clinton, when she was Secretary of State, put Venezuela in the state that they became in terms of chaos and economic collapse and neighbors turning on them? How do you see that? Hillary Clinton was good friends with Christina Fernandez de Kirchner and Michelle Bachelet, the ex-president of Chile. When Michelle Bachelet's party got voted out, so this is 2017, 
And then uh, the conservative president took power again in, at the dawn of 2018. When she got her party got voted out, she took a job with as the high commissioner for refugee affairs. This is the communist ex-president of Chile, Michelle Bachelet. So now, listen, I'm in contact with Michael Yan. He's down on the border doing excellent, down in Panama, doing excellent work, filming the boats. These are all the migrants coming across. Now we're going to count heads. How many is in a boat? How many boats are here? That's 5,000 a day. Excellent work. But this is where I weigh in and say, all right, who did it? Michelle Bachelet did it when she was president of Chile, when she was the high, uh, commissioner for women's affairs, the first time her party got voted out. So you've got people that are very high up in the UN. And yes, Dave, Venezuela was the source for all the original migrants that went to Chile, that went to uh, Peru, that went to Ecuador. Okay. All right. Hold on, Sam, Sam. We're kind of going off on this. I want to come back to this. Did Hillary Clinton, through a third party or directly, did she put Venezuela in the condition that they they evolved into? I think that Venezuela was already this corrupt heart of darkness during the Obama presidency. Mm -hmm. But Hillary Clinton, along with these co-conspirators, went in and used that as the fountain to move propagandized refugees into all these other countries and destabilize them. And Michelle Bachelet moved so many refugees into Chile, for example, that her party won the next time around. Okay, okay, got it. Okay, I got it. It was about a power transfer. Um, but I looked at the devastation of the Venezuelan economy um, immediately. You know, Hillary Clinton didn't go past 2012 because of... Uh, uh, what happened with Ambassador Stevens. But I, when Venezuela really began their demise, it was after, right after she left the Secretary of uh, State position. And I, I look at that, and I've always said she was sent there to destroy them. That that was my sense, because they didn't want, the, at that time, the competition for oil. Um. And the, and the oil competition as it came out of the Middle East. And here's what I go back to, Sam, and, and you may never have considered this. But right now, Biden wants to get oil from anybody else but an ally and the United States themselves with their own uh, world-leading supplies. He wants to go to the Middle East, okay? And at that time, Venezuela um, was developing an oil and we could have gone in and been a partner and had a good source if we ever needed to import. And she drove Venezuela out of Western influence right into the hands of China and Russia. Can you respond to that? I think that Trump's sanctions were very severe and really crippled the Maduro regime in Venezuela once he took office. Okay. So let me start from the present and go back. Right now, we're burning Venezuelan oil all around the USA. If you're driving a car in America, you're burning Venezuelan oil and supporting the despotic government that's there. Chevron is working carte blanche in Venezuela. And so the, the, the Maduro regime is now flush with cash. In Trump's presidency, first of all, a Venezuela intervention was really imminent during Trump's presidency. And I really wanted it badly. I was disappointed for a long time. Maybe the U.S. was not ready for a global war with China. But I thought that that's where we should have chosen our fight. Now the fight is happening in the Ukraine, in Jerusalem, over Mm -hmm. the Philippines, over Taiwan. I kind of wanted it Monroe Doctrine style in our backyard. Let's kick the commies out. And Trump talked about it. We could have a totally free hemisphere. So just from oil production. It's very easy for at least the corrupt government to thrive wildly. And that's what's happening right now. That's what didn't happen under the presidency of Trump 2016 or 2020. But before that, they were they were sneaking enough oil here and there that they were doing okay. And don't forget the involvement of the U.N. with the resettlement of refugees. That's 
hundred millions of dollars just into the pocket. Sam, Sam, let me ask you this question before we go. I want to go back to Acapulco for a second. The people of Lahaina, whenever I talk to the locals, they're convinced directed energy weapons. And I think there's really good evidence. And the cover-up was taking out the topsoil by the EPA that was covered in Hawaiian media. Um, When you look at Acapulco, was it directed energy weapons, in your opinion? Uh, I'm not going to say that it couldn't be. And I'm not going to say that they don't exist or that an energy weapon couldn't do it. But I really think that we're dealing with the Lord's tempest. And as we look through the Bible, there are many times that the Lord responded with tempests. One of my favorite chapters is the 27th chapter of Acts, when the Lord sent the Euroclidon. And this terrible tempest really caused chaos for the the entrenched power of Romanism. Pretty soon, the Roman centurion and the captain of the ship and all the soldiers were all but kissing the feet of the apostle. And the Bible says, for all of those who tell me dominionism is nowhere in the Bible, the Bible says that that will happen again in the last days. And so not only are people beginning to fear God when they see tempests destroy the mighty, but they also begin to fear his prophets, something that is very clearly prophesied. In, yeah. in the opening of Isaiah, I'll restore your judges as at the first, chapter one in the book of Isaiah and other places. I think That's it's a the hand of God. Interesting response. It truly is. Um, we got about two minutes left, and I want to give you time to talk about gospel gunslingers for a minute. And if time, we, we, we I want to close with a question, but if not, we'll have to save it for next time. So tell people how they can follow you on gospel gunslingers and so forth. Thank you. I have a main site. It's gospelgunslingers.com. That's very difficult to explain to a Spanish-speaking person, but uh, all of you speak English, I think. So just type in gospelgunslingers.com, and that'll go to my main site. Uh, I also have a sub-stack. That's new. There may not be a mm-hmm. button on my site for that, but that's gospelgunslingers.substack.com. And all my worldwide radio shows go up there as a podcast so that you can... It's 60 minutes, and it comes out every Monday, and you will get the down low on what's going on in Latin America, what's going on with the wars of the world, with global revival from a very different perspective, a non-pacifist perspective. And there's even a transcript. It's in the beta form, but on Substack, you can see the transcript of that radio show. So everyone, please uh, take a look at that. I do mission work. You know, I preach in English and Spanish. I go to little churches out where I'm at. I travel through the Republic if I can, and we do a lot of things and help a lot of people. And I really covet people to come and stand with me. This is independent journalism at its most real. So uh, everyone who, who stands with me, who lets me to be your pastor and your missionary, who donates even a few dollars, let me tell you, I move that into Mexican pesos, and we get a lot done with it. That's the only way that I keep things going. And remember, I'm a refugee. Two and a half years, I have not gone gone back to the USA. Another friend of mine, Owen Schroyer, was thrown into prison. Yeah, we covered that. We've covered that, yes. I'm very disturbed about that. I've got so many friends in prison or in jail or dead, and I'm a member of all three persecuted classes. I'm a Trump supporter, I'm a journalist, and I'm a Christian minister, just like Corbin Sondergaard who was in jail for 412 days and deported back to Europe. So he's my friend, too. So I'm not coming back anytime soon until there's a major political change. And any help that your audience could give me, it, okay. it, it is the godsend. Well, you have successfully passed that along. Sam, I, I appreciate the uh, update. Um, I will tell you this, though, the locals I've talked to out of Acapulco, and there's only been two, but... Um, one of them's an American, one is not. And they're very, very explicit, directed energy weapons. They they are sold on that. But anyway, we'll have to wait and see. I do appreciate you coming on, and we'll talk to you next time. God bless you, Dave. 
We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts to help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BuryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarrierGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.